Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And as always, I have another exciting guest for you today. But just before we jump into that, I want to remind you about the program that's going on. This is a program for you if you find that the money just doesn't show up, the weight issue is not going away, you've been doing all the right stuff, but it's just not changing. And the thing is, is that it may be a problem that's stemming from childhood trauma, sexual trauma. And what happens is that it gets imprinted into your body. And then there's this program set up of I'm not good enough. So I have developed a program. It is only $39 a month for you to actually get unlocked from all of this craziness and get you showing up in a bold way. So that's your teaser. Now, let me jump in. I have Claudia on the line with me. Claudia, I'm going to get you to just, you know, really quickly introduce yourself, give the listeners an idea of who you are. Hi, Dana. It's so nice to be here. I am a public speaking coach for women. And what I'm really passionate about is to get women to speak and find and own and nurture their true voice and share it with the, with the world. So I've developed a unique program to help women do that, which is like traditional public speaking coaching, but we also add an edge, which is specific to women. So we help them get in touch with their authentic truth with their body so that they can speak from a place of authenticity. Mm. So that is what I do in a nutshell. I love it. And I have rudely mispronounced your name. It's Claudia, right? It's Claudia because I'm Italian, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> and it's interesting, and this actually comes up quite a bit. So for many years, I would say, oh, my name is Claudia. But then a couple of years ago, I was like, no, my name is Claudia, and I need to own that, right? As I'm owning my voice, I need to own the Italian pronunciation. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's very sexy, Claudia. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. I love it. <laughs> so, and, and I'm really, I'm a big one for the, the whole, when you own your voice, you, it's a lot easier for you to show up and do everything, whether it's public speaking or something else, that women in particular, you know, I see this. I, I watched, I remember I was at the Archangel Summit in Toronto last year, and I was so disappointed about the difference. You know, the men come out, and they've got this way in the presence of being on stage. And I felt like they were owning the stage. And, the, and I saw the women come out and I almost felt like they were apologizing for being on stage. They had a very different presence, but there was, it just didn't seem to like grab the audience the same way. Maybe it was just me, but I think it's very valuable that we talk about what's the difference? Like how do women show up when it comes to speaking versus what we're taught, at, you know, from men? I think women are afraid. And it's not just the usual stage fright that most people experience and most people have to work through. I think there's a deeper fear of being authentic because we, we live in a society that uh, undervalues women. And so it makes sense that when we're very visible, when we stand on stage, when we speak our truth, or a message that is very close to our heart, we feel very intimidated. And it's, it's something very deep and something historical that goes back centuries and something that shows up in a physical way. So there's a physical reaction to that fear that makes it, makes it so that women don't show up fully, right? So when they are on stage, that, there's that fear that shows up through them. And so they experience something, and I often hear this from my clients, that they are almost dissociating 
from the body. Mm. So they're leaking energy. The energy is not moving in the body. They're not present to their body. And they're, they're dissociated. They have almost an out-of-body experience precisely because of that fear that comes up. And also, if you notice, often women, when they're on stage, it's almost like there's a, there's a wall between them and the audience, and they almost like lean back to mm-hmm. protect themselves from, from the enemy, right? What is perceived as the enemy, which is the audience, which is maybe society at large, which is maybe like patriarchy more in general. Yeah. So I think that is what is going on with women on stage. There, there's this primal fear that makes a lot of sense. And that is something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. It, very interesting. Because now that I think about it, yeah, they, there was, and I guess that's what I was picking up on, that body language where that, there's that little bit of a lean back instead of a leaning in. It makes sense. Like you say, and we've had so many times where we've been afraid, but it's time for that to change. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of things, I know we're moving right into tips, but it yeah, just feels like, let's, uh, go like let's go for it. Like what, where can women change how they're showing up on stage? So it all starts way before the stage. Mm. So it starts with committing to yourself, your voice and your truth once you find it, right? But a lot of women know what it is. They're just not taught to go there. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're afraid to even go there, even way before the stage, even when they're speaking with their family, even when they're speaking with a friend. Like they don't know what it means to really step into their authentic voice. And it's a practice for sure, right? And it starts with the decision to commit, to just live their authentic voice. And that is a day-to-day commitment. As far as the stage presence goes, I always recommend to have a pre-stage ritual that can take many, many forms. But one element of it is always to have the little pep talk with oneself when the, where the, the woman is committing again to herself and her, her vision so that she can stand strong and present on stage because she's, she's sure of herself, right? And even if some of people in the stage don't like what she says, it's okay because mm-hmm. some other people will. And in terms of the leaning back, The usual advice that we get from a male-oriented perspective on teaching public speaking is to stand tall, right? Which makes makes a lot of sense. And it's not bad advice. But for women, since there's this uh, leaning back physically with the body, I always recommend to lean in. So that, and that's what we do when we talk to someone we love, someone we like, right? We lean Mm -hmm. in. If you look at a couple, they're leaning towards each other. So I want women to lean in, to really show up. And that's just like, you know, a fraction of an inch. It's not like they have to bend forward in any way, right? (laughs) Just a little, little bit so that they can lean towards the audience and actually really engage with them from a place of presence as opposed to a place of disengagement with the audience and disengagement with themselves. Yeah. But again, it starts with them being engaged with themselves. I love it. And, you know, for me, this, this speaks so loud and clear on my platform, right? The inner dominatrix is about owning that space. And it's one of the things that I find that I'm highly complimented on is my stage presence when I'm speaking. People are quite often, and I'm going to say quite often blown away by my stage presence. And it's not like I'm like larger than life or anything. I just, I'm, as you're talking, I'm like, you know what? I do that. I lean in. 
And I'm like, I want to engage the audience. I have done so much of my own work where I'm not afraid of the audience. So I'm embracing them. And it's, it is, it's dynamic when that shows up. So this work that you're doing is very valuable for people as speakers. And speakers, I guess, I mean, are you working only with people who are working on the stage or do you work with people who are like corporate and maybe have to lead presentations, that kind of thing? I do a lot of presentations as well and also video presence. And the same principle applies. I actually work with a lot of women in male-dominated fields, such as women in tech for instance, and then oh, they cool. have to face this fear. A lot of them are leading presentations for work, very technical presentations, and we always, those are, we associate that with like brain activity, right? Very yeah. linear type of stuff, and that's where I teach them to bring in the body, right? And really owning the body so that they, that can speak through their body. But then they have to pitch in front of like male investors, right? So all this primal fear that I was talking about, that, that comes up. And it really goes beyond, I think, the power poses, because if those work for you, right, the, the Amy Cuddy, like Wonder Woman pose and all mm-hmm. of that, I think those can be great. But what I'm aiming towards is more of that dynamic engagement that you were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Interacting with the audience, right? Not standing like this necessarily, right? But um, <laughs> having a conversation, yeah, I'm making the Wonder Woman pose, right? <laughs> that, well, that. yeah, you don't necessarily want to stand like that with your hands on your hips on your right. on stage or in a meeting because that also says confrontation, mm-hmm. right? It's like, come on, bring it on. Whereas you want to, if you want to engage people, you want to invite them in, welcome. And it's, it's a vulnerable space to be in, right? And that inviting yeah. because you can really be rejected, right? It's easier to stand in Wonder Woman and then be rejected because like you're not really engaging, right? Right. As opposed to like opening up and it's a very vulnerable position to be in, in, in on a stage or like imagine pitching for millions of dollars in front of the only male investors that it's a fact that they they'll invest more in men than women. So there's a ton of gender bias that goes on there. Yeah. But, you know, it's that whole gender bias thing and the, you know, men earn more than women, they invest more with men, those kinds of things. I kind of wonder, are we really testing it on a level playing field? Because if we start comparing, you know, the women who show up as much as the men do and say, okay, here's, here's where we're more comparing apples to apples, as opposed to, you know, we've had a lot of women who, who have not been trained on how to show up. I mean, I said this to somebody the other day, we've really only had one generation of women in the workforce earning enough to sustain themselves and their family. So we don't have a long history, whereas men have a long history of, of course I can do this. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to compare the numbers based on women who do actually show up. And do they actually change in that case? And my goal is to get more women to show up, right? Mm. And I agree, actually, when, when women do show up, all those like nasty things like mansplaining or mentorupting and all that kind of stuff happens less. Mm-hmm. Because when a woman stands in her power, you know, the men don't interact with her in the same way. They take her for who she is. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, I've always showed up that way. And I've always been respected. I never had an instance where I was put down by a man. And I've seen it happen. So that's why 
when I train women, and they'll often, especially if they work in male-dominated environments, they'll often complain that they're not being valued, that they're not being respected. Mm-hmm. And it's true. But my, the first step that I teach them is like, okay, are you listening to yourself? Are you valuing yourself? Are you respecting yourself? Because like, regardless of what goes on outside, you have to get to that point. And it, you get incredible ag- agency when you get to that point. It doesn't matter if like the men interrupt you. You respect yourself, right? And it can be annoying as hell, but they cannot touch that core, like your truth, your authenticity, yeah. your, your presence, your power. Absolutely. And and there's an interesting dynamic shift that, you know, when, when you're in your power and a man interrupts you, you're in the room, you don't go into this place of, uh, I'm broken. What's wrong with me? Why did he do that? You turn it around and go, wow, did you really mean to interrupt me? Like, did you mean to be that rude? Because you can, you can spin it and and just notice and call it out. And then, and it doesn't have to be, you know, the nasty male bashing kind of thing. It's just like, Hey dude, you interrupted me like a guy would do to another guy, like, buddy, I was talking, <laughs> right? Call yeah, him to totally. task. Totally. It's just more like an interaction as opposed to personalizing it or like going into victim mode. Yes. And like, I'm speaking, you know, I've experienced like all of this, so I'm not better than anybody, any other woman, right? I've had to learn all of this for myself to be able to teach other women that, you know, they can get to this place of agency. And it takes work and like we have more work to do than men because as you said, you know, we've just recently entered the workforce. We just recently have rights that men have had for centuries and it sucks, but it's also a great opportunity for us to really step up and really show the world what we're capable of. It is. It is. Now I want to circle back because you've used the word agency a couple of times. And to me, that's a little more of a, you know, inside language. So what do you mean by the word agency? Agency is really another word for power, which means for me, it's not exerting control over others. It's standing at the center of your world and determining your world as opposed to being in reactive mode you're in proactive mode so if someone interrupts you you're able to just like say hey can I just finish and then we'll talk (laughs) right as opposed to being like oh my god I suck my ideas are terrible I deserve to be interrupted Mm -hmm. right so you're in proactive as opposed to reactive mode and you just determine the world around you as Mm -hmm. opposed to like being determined yeah oh I love it. I love it. This is, you and I are just, like I said, it's just, we're so in alignment with, with that piece. I mean, we just use different language. I talk about the inner dominatrix. You're talking Mm -hmm. about agency. It's not about the words, but it's about getting people to this place where they're comfortable doing these kinds of things. And I'm not sure if you're approaching it from the side that I am, but I I really come at it from let's clear out the internal self-judgments, the internal self-talk. And then it's easier to show up without that chatter that's going on. So I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing maybe a tip or two of how women can, you know, get a little bit more to that space of agency that you talk about. So it's all about, for me, step one is recognizing that we live in a tough society for women. We live in a society under values. Women, and I don't, for me, it's very important that women understand that that inner voice Yes, it's tied to personal history, 
but it's also tied to the bigger picture. So I want them to be aware and recognize that and take ownership of that and to be like, yeah, and saying that, yes, it has been tough because I'm a woman, as opposed to saying, oh, I'm less than men because I'm, I'm not able to succeed in a world that is designed by men for men. And there's good things, right, in the way the world is, society is structured, but it privileges one way of doing things, which is maybe the more um, left brain way of doing things as opposed to the more creative, if you will, feminine side, right? So my step, I want every woman listening to this podcast recognizing that, right? But with that knowledge, I don't want us to go into victim mode. I Mm. want us to be like, yes, it's challenging, but I know I'm tough. Yes. And let me show you. Yes. What I can do. I love it. Love it. Yes. Because again, you know, I'm a big proponent of like, let's not slide into that victim piece. You know, acknowledge what happened, acknowledge how crappy it is. And now what do we do about it? And have fun with it. You know, like Mm. with a lot, like you're pitching in front of male investors or you have a presentation for your business or you're, you're giving a TED talk, you know, like so serious, so scary, right? Like (laughs) the thoughts that come to mind when we think about public speaking is like fear, dread, knees shaking, you know, heart pounding, sweaty palms and everything else, right? And I want women to have fun because I think like we live in a society that that doesn't value fun or playfulness or flirting, if you will. And so as part of the pre-stage ritual that I was talking about, I always recommend a fun part. And it's usually like a silly dance, right? And something where you just like let it out. You know, like you, you, women always think that they have to be controlled, right? So they go into the, on stage, they have to control their body. They have to control what they say. They have Mm -hmm. to be like super focused. I want to disrupt that. Where it's like, no, bring in some life energy, you know, or in the dominatrix energy, something, right? Where you just have fun with it. You channel your source, you channel your... So yeah, what, is, what does that look like? What, what are some people's pre-stage routines? So I think like, you know, I, I tell them to pick like a silly song that really speaks to them, like a kid's song and just like blast it out and dance. And you can even do it to really like challenge yourself. You can even do it in front of people. You know, sometimes it's not possible before every speaking engagement, but as part of your rehearsal process, you can invite a group of friends and be like, okay, and now I'm just going to silly dance in front of you and just let it out. And once you do that, then like even standing on stage is so much less scary because you know, you've, you've already embarrassed yourself in front of your friends. So I love it. What a great, a great tool. It's like you say, that there's that piece of like, okay, just let me act crazy. Let me do it wrong. Let me, you know, have let people think whatever they're going to think of me. And I'm just going to be here and be present in my body. And I can see how that would be really powerful for speaking because that is, you know, that's a big part of the fear. You know, what are people going to think of me? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to like what I say? Are they going to like how I say it, how I dress, how I... Yeah, and things? for women, for women, unfortunately, it's not just like fear of judgment in terms of the content. Mm-hmm. It's actually more so about everything else. How do I look? How do I sound? How does this dress look on me, mm-hmm. right? So much energy wasted, you know, for women in general. And that's why for me, it's key that women reclaim their body to mm. reclaim their voice and the other way around. 
Absolutely. And it's so interesting because I do notice a parallel between how society polices women's voices and how it controls women's bodies. And I think the two are strictly connected. And it's a, it's an energy waste. It is. For women, as opposed to, and, and also extremely upsetting. But yeah. that's why by reclaiming our bodies through dancing or silly dancing, we say like, you know, this body is mine. I don't care if you think I look terrible in that dress. You know, my goal is to be here, be a channel for my message. And that's it. And if it resonates with you, great. If not, you might not be my right audience. I love it. It's so powerful. And yeah, you know, the whole, we could talk for hours on the whole, you know, policing women's bodies and women's voices. And, and, and at the same time, I find, I, I tend to look at what's going on and I am so excited. Like personally, what I see that the Me Too campaign has shifted for people is that the discussion is happening. Mm-hmm. Change is happening. More people are coming forward. There is less, you know, shoving it down. And I think in general, we need to kind of look at where have we come from? Like to compare where were we in the 70s to where are we now so that we see that we are making changes. Yeah, I think it's, it's great. I, I love what is happening. I mean, it's, it's horrifying, but it's also not a surprise for me. Mm-hmm. I know that every woman I know has been harassed or abused. Yeah. And the Me Too movement just confirmed that. And it is tough for women at this stage because all of this knowledge that's coming up, all of these uh, toxins are re-traumatizing. And I speak to so many women that feel anger and feel at this particular moment, because everything is coming up, feel even more unsafe in their body, right? And of course, that, that feeling of being unsafe feels, shows up even more when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. But so I think as women, we have to be aware of that. We have to be very gentle with ourselves. We have to be very kind with ourselves and other women because like, this re-traumatizing of the body is happening. Yeah, so, but it's great. As you said, it's a great opportunity, right? Because like, there is, it's a new phase. And what I'm waiting for, though, I have to say, I'm waiting for men to be accountable. Like the good guys. I'm waiting for the good guys to say like, yes, I play a role in this. Right, even the guys that like don't wouldn't do anything like that, and I know quite a few of them, but they don't seem to be aware of their privilege. And mm-hmm. so I think that the next step is for the good guys to say like, "Yes, I am privileged, and this is how my privilege has been showing up, and this is what I'm gonna do to change the situation." Yeah, but I agree with you. It is an exciting time. Also, seeing like in the U.S., how many women and people of color and transgender people have been elected—that yes. is very exciting. So, fingers crossed that you know it's the beginning of a new era. I think so. I, you know, it's it's usually a little messy while we go through change, but things keep changing, and and there is more opportunities. And I think more people doing work where it's they're finding their voice, more women stepping in and finding their voice, finding their power in a way that invites other people in, invites the men to step up. I think that's an important piece too, to realize that for us as women, if we stand in our power, 
without bashing any men, but actually inviting these good guys to step up, I think they will. Because I see men want to support women to be powerful. They enjoy that. But they want to be the ones to be that support. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how because they're not trained right. to really listen or to know women, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, women are not socialized to be in their power. They're socialized to always listen to others. People please be the good girl. Mm-hmm. And men are socialized to be the machos, right? Or to yeah. just go their own way. To not, They're not socialized to be, to be able to interact with women and really listen to them and understand what their needs are, right? Yeah. And so it's time for a different conversation. Absolutely. I love that uh, quote. I think it's by Michelle Obama that says, when they go low, we go high, right? And that I think is what is happening. And that is great quote also for what I do, because I, as I shared before, I think it's very important to recognize the challenges that women face and that the fear that shows up, it's not a character flaw, it's like actual, the feeling of unsafety in your body that mm-hmm. shows up when you're on stage doing public speaking. And that's why the work I do is to, to work through that so that that is not an issue anymore. Yeah. So it's important to recognize that, the challenge, but it's important also to go high, right? And we, because of the challenge, we can go so much higher, oh. right? If we, make, if we take that decision to really step into our power. Yeah. And it's possible. It's, it is totally possible. And we can do that through a message by really owning our message and just getting out there and sharing it. Yeah. Doing the work. You know, it's, I, I love it. I love what you're doing. This is so important for people. Um, you, you know, I'm totally aligned with that. It's like, <laughs> I'm with you. We're, we're doing it just in different, in different routes that when we do the internal work, it changes how we show up externally. And it is vital for us to get our messages out. And it's vital to do it in a way that invites people in. Yeah, which is interesting because I study uh, language a lot and feminine leadership because I'm interested in how women can contribute to a different type of leadership Mm. through their voice. So I often read stuff that women say words like just or like Mm -hmm. or end the the sentence with a question, right? And it's usually framed as negative. And then I started thinking though, and I realized that I do use these words in my day-to-day communication with both women and men. But also I thought about how I use them and it's actually not because I'm insecure, but because I want to invite the other, right? So mm-hmm. actually what, what has been framed as negative might be an asset, right? So we, because women tend to invite other people, right? Mm-hmm. Tend to have a more cohesive view of the whole, right? Tend to want to have a conversation. And maybe using these words is not because they're insecure, because what we have in mind is a male idea or traditional patriarchal, maybe idea of power. Yeah. And so that's why they're framed as negative. While maybe the key is reclaiming these words because women communicate differently. And ultimately, the individual woman will know if she's using these words because she's insecure or because yeah. she actually wants to invite the other, right? Yeah, so, it's so much about, you know, where's your intention? Right. What's the energy behind it? You know, what's going on in your brain? Words are just a vehicle for communication. It's actually, there's more of the communication. We know that more of the communication is nonverbal, 
I think what needs to be acknowledged is also the energy of the words, which comes out in, you know, how do you feel about things? Are you saying, well, it's just as an invitation? Or are you saying it to diminish who you are? Huge differences. You can say this exact same sentence, but have two different meanings based on where it's coming from in your, in your body, in your life. So exciting. Yeah, totally. In person or even via email, right? It's all about oh, yeah. energy, as you said. In public speaking, it's all about the energy. Yes. You know, and that feeling that you were mentioning at the beginning that the, the women stand differently on stage, that's because like, the energy is not fully there. So they're having these out-of-body experiences. They're leaking. That's the word I use. They're leaking mm-hmm. energy. And often they're leaking energy from their head. Yes. And my goal through also the pre-stage ritual is to bring the energy back in the lower part of the body because that's where you ground yourself, right? So the pre-stage ritual, the goal is to get the woman in touch with herself, her message, her truth, her commitment to that, but also her body. So you do that through the silly dance, for instance, which is a very physical activity. Mm-hmm. But also I recommend a yoga pose called mountain pose which is a grounding pose. You just stand with like feet hip width apart and you just extend tall with your hand by your side and you just breathe in and out five to 10 times. It's belly breathing and it's very grounding and it creates a neurological wiring that then you can bring on stage. Mm. Like the memory of that groundedness in your presence. And I recommend if you're not sure what to do on stage, I do recommend standing in mountain pose. Again, leaning in a little bit, yeah, but being grounded in yourself and in your energy. And even imagining that you have roots planting you into the ground. Yeah. That I, is- I, and I can attest to how powerful that is because that yeah. is one of the tricks that I use is that I, I get up on stage and the first thing I do is I just take a deep breath and I ground myself right there, right there in front of everybody. And it's that moment that just, you know, it pulls them in for a little bit. I let myself really, you know, ground and connect. And yeah, it's, it's dynamic. Like I said, I, I get compliments all the time. So this stuff works. <laughs> it does it. work and it's amazing. And like, mm-hmm. um, it's energy again. And like what you're describing is like the grounding moment, but also the silence, the pause. Mm-hmm. And it's that in that very charged pause that you really commit to yourself. So I think actually that silence and the pausing which is key to public speaking. You know, public speaking, it's really not about speaking. It's, oh, it's as much about speaking as it is about not speaking. Because the silence is so powerful. So true. And if we attach meaning to it, and in terms of uh, women, women in our society, it has, I think silence in public speaking has political significance. Because it's in that moment when you stop and you connect to yourself and you really kind of take it all in, you know, you're committing to yourself. You're grounding yourself in yourself. And for women, that's super important. And if they learn how to experience it and they experience it over and over again, you know, they're going to bring it out in the real world, like not just on stage. Mm-hmm. They're going to know what that feels like to be grounded and connected to yourself. Mm. So that is super important. Uh, okay. I know we can talk, we could, we could just go on. Cause I'm just like such juicy topics, but unfortunately we do need to wrap it up to keep it to the half hour sad, but where can people find you if they want to go a little bit further and get this voice piece? 
Yeah. So the best place where they can find me is my website. Um, my business is called the Women Speak Up Project, which speaks for itself, of course. And my website is www.thewomenspeakupproject.com. So there they can find a little bit more about me, about my services, and they can also get a freebie that will tell them how to create a legendary talk. They talk with their, their own legend, for women to be their own legend and commit to themselves uh, fully it. and unapologetically. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Claudia. Thank you, Dana. It was great being on the call, on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.